We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living. Fragments of your ancient name. Those words taken from a poem by Rainier Maria Rilke are the title of Joyce Rupp's latest book, a book that draws on a rich variety of faith traditions to provide meditations on God's names for every day of the year. One of the hardest things for us to wrap our minds around seems to be this idea of a God of multiple names, a God who isn't a tradition or just an image, but an unnameable beingness. It's always so interesting to think that we've got God in a box when we encapsulate its character in a connotation that seems to fit us more than anything else. But here Joyce has given us a language for the name itself, if only in tiny fragments that put us in touch with the deeper aspects of ourselves and that ultimate beingness. So today we're going to delve a little deeper into that mysterious mystical presence of many names to learn more about the very core of our existence. Joyce Rupp is the author of Open the Door, A Journey to Your True Self, The Cup of Life, Now That You've Gone Home, Courage and Comfort for Times of Grief, God's Enduring Presence, and the topic of our discussion today in her latest, Fragments of Your Ancient Name, as well as over 18 others. She is well known for her work as a writer, a spiritual midwife, and retreat and conference speaker, having led retreats throughout North America, as well as in Europe, Asia, Africa, Australia, and New Zealand. With a master's degree in transpersonal psychology, Joyce is a member of the Servites, a Servants of Mary community, the mission of which is to manifest compassion in the spirit of Mary, the mother of Jesus. She also volunteers with hospice. Joyce offers us a true example of a person who not only talks the talk of spirituality, but walks that walk as well. Joyce was interviewed on the Authentic Living Show in November of 2008 on her book, Open the Door, for those of you who'd like to hear her earlier show in the archives. Joyce, welcome back to the, for the second time to the Authentic Living Show. We're so glad to get to have you today. Hello, Andrea. It's just a joy to be with you again. I, I so loved our last conversation, so just it's going to be a good one. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I love the, ta- the this book. I've just marked several places in it um, that have just touched me. And one of the first was one that I just want to read to, to you and to our listening audience because it just says so much that we want to talk about after this. It says the first expression, it's by Elizabeth Johnson. It says the first expression of the unknowability of God is that in the proliferation of names, images, and concepts, each of which provides a different perspective into divine excellence. For if we were able to see into his very essence, into the very essence of God, and wrap our minds around this, we would be able to express the divine by only one straight as an arrow name. As created beings, however, we can never do this. Instead, the diversity of the world offers fragments of beauty, goodness, and truth, both social and cosmic, facets of reality that point us in different ways to the one ineffable source and goal of all. None alone or even all taken together can exhaust the reality of divine mystery. Each symbol has a unique intelligibility that adds to its own significance to adds its own significance to the small store of collected human wisdom about the divine. I just think that is so well said and and sort of opens the door for the rest of our conversation today with regard to the mystery of God. And I just wanted to sort of tap your mind just a little bit about your thoughts on that. You know, that that, uh, quote you just read from Elizabeth Johnson really is an excellent one. Um, And, you know, when I think about that, 
even though in our heads I think a lot of people would say yes, yes to that, in our hearts a lot of people pull back from that and they still want to box God in, box this divine being in and say, well, no, but really the ways that I relate through this name are really the best ways, you know. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I think that's really the challenge today is um, as I look at our world, you know, so many wars are going on right now, in fact, because of the variety of ways that people perceive the divine. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, even within our own Western culture and in, in, in this country, that there's there's still such a such hostility sometimes again toward how someone else is, is viewing or naming the divine. And and so when Elizabeth Johnson speaks in there, you know, about those many different fragments of, uh, I think she even uses that word, is that, um, you know, there, there are so many glimpses, so many possibilities of, of this vast, unknowable presence um, that, that we have, that we've named for a long time as God. Uh, that's certainly one of the central names for the, the Christian, anyway. Um, but, you know, it's, it's so much, this, this mystery, is, it's so huge, isn't it, really? It is. And how to wrap words around it is, mm-hmm. and, that, and it's interesting to me that you say that the mind is the place where we can sort of let ourselves go and say, okay, yeah, it's true, other people might call God by a different name than the one I do, but in our hearts we don't. And I do think that's where we have the most trouble is we're trying to wrap our minds literally around the concept of, of this beingness. Uh, I, I have no other word for it than beingness, and so that's the one I use. But, uh, it, you know, we, we can't wrap our minds around it, and so we try to go traverse down into the heart, and the heart wants to hold on to, out of fear, what it's always known. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is... You know, when I when I started writing this book and I began writing about the names, um, you know, it's about a relationship. The heart is about relationship, and so it's it's very natural that a person would want to hold on to that that relationship that a particular name has for them. Uh, so, so that makes a lot of sense to me, and it's very. But it's hard to detach, you know, from. The heart finds it difficult to detach, and particularly if it's a meaningful relationship, which for a lot of people it is with, with this divine being uh, in, in a particular way that they do it. So I do understand that it's, it's a challenge you know, for, for someone to do that if they have a very profound bond with um, their own approach to divinity. Yeah, and, and the, the quest isn't, isn't to say you should let go of your bond but to allow others their own. Right. And I think that's, and that's one of the things I really want to say about this book is it's not an attempt to try and convince people that they need to let go of the way that they experience the divine or the way that they name um, this being, is, but rather that they would um, respect and, and embrace the, the reality that someone else can have just as meaningful a relationship as I have and use a totally, totally different, um, different approach. You know, I was thinking um, before we started this conversation just about the whole thing about the way that people worship um, in this in the in this country in the United States. And you know, it's very rare for me to ever. And I, I work with a lot of different denominations. It's very rare for me to ever hear in a worship service this divine being referred to as she. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and yet, if you would talk to almost all ministers, I think, or, or priests or pastors, or, or in people in the congregation, they would, they would agree that God is without gender, that this divine being doesn't, isn't a he or a she. But there is still something that, um, that people are quite attached to the masculine rather than to the, or along with the feminine. And I think that's just one indicator of how how tightly we can hang on to our own way and not allow for some expansiveness that might be more comfortable for another person or equally as comfortable anyway. So Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we tend to fear that uh, and and it's relegated to oh well that that that's just Wiccan. You know, I've heard people mm-hmm. say, well, mm-hmm. the only people who can call God is a she is the people that are mm-hmm. participating in Wiccan and mm-hmm. I'm like, well no, not really. <laughs> well but, and, and especially because they're you know they're very feminine images of the divine in the in the in the Hebrew and and the, and the Christian scriptures too, you know. Yeah. And 
Um, so, so it's there, and that's why I think that whole thing of we can read it, we can know it in our head, and yet because we have this huge, long tradition where the, the masculine approach to the divine came in, People, you know, they either kind of laugh a little bit if you say, you refer to, you know, she in prayer, or else they just they kind of are askance, you know, like, well, no, that isn't the, that isn't the right approach. So, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And and another area that it makes it difficult for us to perceive this beingness in is in the area of the self, because I think we've got so much stuff (laughs) to call it garbage I don't want to call it garbage but it's it's stuff that says um, you know we are bad people and we're not measuring up we can't measure up to anything that would make us close enough to the divine to really feel a part of it and um, so we so we uh, we don't go there and one of the things that you wrote uh, actually I think you wrote this one guardian of my deepest self um, mm-hmm. for one of the days you I'm going to well, read actually, that one as well I, actually I want to just clarify that too because a lot of people think because I have the name where I got the source from that that actually then that it, that that writing is from that person but I actually wrote all 365 reflections in the book thank you for clarifying the that name, yeah. the name at the top where I got that name from Oh, yeah. Got it. Got it. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Mm -hmm. No, thank you for clarifying because I want to be sure, yeah, to, to, it did seem, feel like a paraphrase, but I wasn't certain. So, yeah, okay. This one says, you are the watchful guardian of that most vulnerable self which resides deep inside, where we are easily affected by what others say and do, where our self esteem is slain by outbursts of insult and shame, where in that defenseless place you continually furnish reminders of what is good and true in us. And I just thought that was so beautiful that because it 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 allows us room to be true to who we are, and and acknowledge the beingness of of a divine within that within that culture of ourselves, if you will. You know, another another part of that too, Andrea, is that um, you know Thomas Merton, uh, whose writings I've always respected greatly, um, the Trappist monk. You know, he said that all of our names for God are, or for the divine are metaphors or images. They're all projections of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't have a good uh, sense of our authentic self, then we're going to project onto this divine being those parts of us, you know, that aren't real healthy. Whether that's, mm-hmm. you know, the, this divine being as a policeman or as a, you know, as a judge, you know, a critic, very critical person and not accepting us in our totality, you know. Um, and really, all the names that we have for the divines are, are projections of our humanity and, and of our belief in that mysterious essence. Um, even, even, you know, within the, the Christian scriptures, you know, the names that are used in speaking of the divine Jesus used metaphors, you know, light and way and truth and um, shepherd and all of those. So, so they're yeah. all um, we project our humanity onto this mystery because because we just simply can't name the fullness of of of, of, of this presence. But all of the, all the names that we have for the divine, each of them, you know, um, speaks of a particular quality. Uh, right. This, this total total essence that we can describe. I'm going to cut you off right now. We're going to come back in just a few minutes to talk about that right after the break. So stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Think of the world. 
50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And today we're talking with Joyce Rupp about her latest book, Fragments of Your Ancient Name. Uh, we were talking just before the break, Joyce. I'm sorry I had to interrupt you there, but we, we oh, were talking. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the idea that we do tend to project onto the divine our the things about ourselves that we don't necessarily recognize or accept or know right. about. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that we you know that makes a difference in in our projection is you know our sense of um, if if we have a sense of oneness or. A, um, how comfortable we are with the nearness of divinity. You know, more of some of the more names that I think people use, the, keeping God out there more, are, you know, the Most High or the Glorious One or the All-Powerful One. And it's not that those are, are not okay, but it just indicates that there's more, more of a sense of this, this Divine One is, is beyond me. And, and others use use names that are more um, the closeness of, of this this um, loving presence, um, you know, like comforter or companion or friend or healer, you know. And I, I think that makes a difference too, you know, and how how what how and what a person projects on as far as a name goes. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, how comfortable we feel with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know that the content of our imaginings about God, and I, I want to say imaginings because I think that's all we've got, really. Mm-hmm. To know, I mean, not that, not that there isn't a divine being, but rather that we only can understand from our own sense of stuff. And uh, right. uh, yeah, so I, I think that content you're talking about there is is real important. You're saying that the content we use to fill that idea in our heads has everything to do with how we'll relate to that divine being. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, too, you know, it goes back to our own family history and our experience of religion or no religion and how that, how that is. I know I, I was in my early 30s the first time I, it ever occurred to me to think beyond naming divinity as, as the Trinity, you know, Father, Son, Spirit, or as Jesus. And I still remember reading this article by uh, the theologian Sandra Schneiders, and 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 she, in that article she said, "God is more than two men and a bird." And I and I started laughing, you know. <laughs> then I realized she didn't mean to disparage the Trinity, you know, Father, Son, and Spirit, but she was trying to stretch people, 
trying to right. teach a reader to see beyond that. And then it wasn't, it was just about at that same time, I was praying one morning with the members of my community, and I heard one of the, the women address her prayer as God of the morning. And, and I was so startled, and I thought, I, I've never thought of, of, you know, even that, you know, naming God as a name, God of the morning. And and I began I, I began reflecting on that, and then it was the whole thing of, well, how, you know, what is my relationship, and how near or far do I sense that I am with this, this presence? And and that that was a, you know that was a seed that was planted, and that was way over thirty years ago. Wow! So, yes, it was a long time ago, but that that opened the door for me uh, to uh, being it almost like gave me permission you know, to start exploring. I think sometimes, and I've, I know from myself, I felt very confined, you know, by uh, doctrine and dogma, and, and just that I. I should be something wrong if I started naming naming this divine being in another way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there's so much that's in the um, the scriptures, the particularly the Christian scriptures about the name of God. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it, and the Ten Commandments. There's something about you know taking the name of God in vain, and then mm-hmm. you know we're asked to pray in the name of God. And I'm not sure that we really fully understand what that means, but yeah. some of us. Think it means well. I'll just say Jesus at the end of my prayer, and that'll be the end of that. Right, um, right. Yeah. But I, I, the name of God, if it, if we hold it to what we were, you know, in the even in the Christian or the Torah, the 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 the, the it's scriptures say, "I am that I am that I am that I am." Is mm-hmm. basically what it's saying, and so that comes out to me as ultimate beingness. So if 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 we are to pray in the name of God, then what that says is we're to be praying in ultimate beingness, in our own ultimate beingness. Mm-hmm. Or if we're to be um, not taking the name of God, then we're not to take our own ultimate beingness in vain. Mm-hmm. And it just really opens up the whole mystery mm-hmm. of what that means and, and how we can relate to that in a very profound and much more peace-giving way. Yeah, that I, I that's so true. And you know, the, what really woke me up to actually begin thinking about writing this book was about 15 years ago when I was in graduate school out of Boulder, and and I uh, was introduced to the Sufis. And one of the first zikrs that I went to in their um, remembrance of the divine names, and I, I was so taken with how they have these 99 most beautiful names, and they take one name and they, they just chant this name over and over, and so... It's so gorgeous, and when I was listening to that the first time, I I went back to my early childhood and the litanies that we had in my Roman Catholic tradition, and, you know, never thought anything about, you know, the naming that we had, you know, in the the litany of the Sacred Heart, for instance, all these different names for Jesus. And and that got me thinking, I thought, wow, I bet there's 365 names, you know, for for the divine, more than that, but... um, but that's what really kind of broke it open for me, and I, I started reflecting how every one of those names that, that the Sufis have, you know, out of the uh, Muslim tradition, each one of those speaks very specifically to a, one quality of the divine. And so you get 99 of these qualities, wow, and then you get 365 of these qualities. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Hindus have a thousand names, at least a thousand names that they use for, for the divine. And, and really pious Hindus memorize all those names, which is amazing. And wow. so, yeah, and so, but all of those, each of those is, is, is projecting or reflecting another quality. So you, to me, it just expands the mind and heart to encompass more and more of, wow, is this loving presence in our world ever something? You know, it's, this is pretty mm-hmm. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, and I think when you said that about the um, God of the morning, or uh, that really made me start thinking that sometimes that we're so much, I, I'm really a nature lover, so when I go out in nature, I'm just really very peaceful and, and feel a lot of joy there. But it, it's, uh, I was thinking in that same vein, I guess you could go through your day and go, God of that tree, God of that leaf, God of that, you know, <laughs> that blade of grass, God of that right. insect, you know. Mm-hmm. And you it would really immediately do. connect. It, will, in, it would immediately uh, bring you into relationship. And that's the thing that, that 
so amazed me when I, I found about two years ago, you know, for ever since I had heard this, the Sufis, the 99 Most Beautiful Names, I thought, I'm going to start collecting names. So I just got a file, and every time I'd read one in a poem or in a song or something, I'd just toss it in this file, you know. So about two years ago, I started, I thought, now nah, I'm gonna, going to start writing this. And I had in my head that I would write a little essay for each of the names, you know. And so I did that for about, oh, the first 12 of them. And then I noticed an amazing thing that was happening to me is that I became, began addressing them to a person, and that I moved out of the objective, this is about, you know, to actually naming, and, and, and they all fell into about ten lines, and it seemed, that seemed just about right, you know, to, to explore and reflect on what that, that name so Wow. It, it was a great experience. Absolutely. Rich experience. All right. Well, we'll be back right after the break with more from Joyce Rudd with regard to fragments of your ancient name. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Want to change your life? The New York Open Center can help. We offer hundreds of ongoing classes, workshops, and professional trainings that heal the body, nurture the spirit, and awaken your true potential. Visit opencenter.org to check out our programs in holistic health, self-development, spiritual practices, creative arts, and much more. With our wellness services, bookstore, and cafe, we're an oasis in the heart of the city. And with Open Center Online Learning, you no longer have to be in New York to take classes. Visit opencenter.org today. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is also sponsored by the New York Open Center, dedicated to nurturing body, mind, and spirit through holistic learning and world culture. Workshops, classes, and professional trainings, trainings in the arts, holistic health, spiritual inquiry, psychology, and more are offered daily. Faculty this season includes Elizabeth Gilbert, Julia Cameron, Anodia Judith, and Thomas Moore, to name just a few. Visit www.opencenter.org to see all that's available at the Open Center as well as their newly created online opportunities. And today, we're talking with Joyce Rep about her book, um, fragments of your ancient name, and we've been talking about the way that we view God, the divine beingness, whatever you want to call that, and how that impacts our own lives um, with its with its um, resonance. So we wanted to talk. I want to talk a little bit this time about the nature of God as, as that is as it fits into how we name God, and um, wanted to say a little bit about that because I. As I was saying during the break, I work with so many people who 
who whose versions of God have to do with the disciplinarian, the punisher, the judger, and it's really hard for them to imagine that consequences are not coming for them to them for just being human. Yeah. Um, so, uh, your your what you wrote on uh, in the book about love, you say you are the great heart of true loves woven through the fabric of inner life. You are the fondness in each genuine hug, the spark and ardor of marital bliss, the affection held in the eyes of a friend. You move through parental tenderness and those who carefully tend the weak. You're knit into our unselfish actions, actions, spun through each effort to be kind. You are one great love in our loves. And I just love that because it is so profoundly true that that the divine is in us in our in our way of loving each other and life itself. And that's, you know, when I was uh, sharing a little earlier, I think that when people project the divine as just being beyond them, it's like then then there's this this being that's looking upon them, watching them, you know, judging, uh, all of that. And and I I think so many times that um, people don't even, they just do not recognize that, they don't recognize how the divine is present with them you know, within them and with them, in the loves of our life. You know, well, that's that's just my friend or that's just friendship or whatever. But that, I mean, my sense of who this divine being is, is this great love that's this loving essence that's moving throughout all of life, all of life. And and is always for us and never against us. And that that's a, a verse straight from the Christian scriptures. And also, um, I mean, when I look at, I come from a Christian base, and I mean, when I look at the life of Christ, you know, his his actions consistently are those of great love, you know, mercy and forgiveness and care and healing and all of that. And uh, so, you know, looking at, at all of the Gospels, there's the fundamental movement, uh, the basic movement of Jesus is one toward great love all the time, mm-hmm. that somehow... I think it's because there's it's it's a lot about self-image, and so we project our our self-image. And I can say that because I did that when I was younger. You know, I was always afraid that God was going to ask this hard thing of me that I could never do. You know, mm-hmm. that would be it. You know, it's going to the divine one was going to test me, and and I was frightened of that um, constantly. I was just, oh, is this going to be the time? I'd make a retreat. Is this going to be the time? Until finally, I, I, I really prayed through that whole life of the person of Jesus, and I thought, no, no, this is not the person who's out to test me. This is the person who is for me and never against me. Right. And the more I came to believe in myself and, and discovered my authentic self, which is basic goodness, the more I, the more I began to trust this, this presence with me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It reminds me of a conversation I had one time with someone where they were basically saying, you know, that God was uh, would punish and that kind of thing. And I said, well, you know, would would parents would parents test their children to to put them in a uh, harm's way to find out how they're going to handle it? Would parents do that? And they would say, and the answer was no. But then God's ways are not our ways. And my answer to that was, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you know one of the. Um prayers that I wrote was based, you know, I have a number of them that I took names from the Koran, and one of these is the Restorer, and and I, I like this one because it doesn't um, eliminate the fact that, yes, we all have things we need to work on. You know, I love Anne Lamott's quote, God loves you just the way you are, and God loves you too much to have you stay that way. Yeah. You know, but it, what I wrote was, at times my relationship with you is like a shabby piece of furniture with the worn wood losing its luster, obviously in need of refurbishment after years of thoughtless negligence. You help me clean, polish, and repair my faded prayer and drab behavior. You work with me until I come clean, restoring the original sheen of my spirit until once again I reflect your beauty. So it's like this presence is with me and encouraging me and um, giving me insight and wisdom and, and guiding me you know, to be the, the person I truly am, rather than outside, you know, saying, okay, shape up, here's, you know, that that whole approach. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a different different way of looking at it. 
yeah, shape up or ship out in some cases. Yeah, it's right. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, you've written another beautiful um metaphor for that love in another uh, thing that you gave Edwina Gately had something to say about this and you uh, paraphrased it if I'm if I'm saying that right uh, can I allow myself enough surrender to be contained by you womb of love can I let myself be vulnerable with you to be at peace without self-performance can I trust that you will hold me gently and provide for nurturance of my soul can I rest without any fearful concern of the why, the what, the how of my life? I can do all of this if I will remember how you enfold me in your eternal care. That's so beautiful, Joyce. So beautiful. And it and I, it reminds me of a time in my own life long ago when I went through a very anxious period. And the only thing that worked to calm me down was really literally to imagine myself in the womb of God. Yeah, isn't that just what a safe, beautiful place, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, yes, get, and it, mm-hmm. yeah, it allowed me to think of myself as being birthed, but that I was happy to be staying right where I was for a little <laughs> while too, you know, to not yeah. have to push forward and, but until I was ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's beautiful, and it is so comforting. Um, I I love that image of the womb, the, the womb, as as one name for the divine. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, mm-hmm. Beautiful, and. Use the way you said it here, the womb of love, that even adds more to it. That it, yeah. that, right. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I talk, when, when I'm talking to people so many times, what we fear in ourselves is also apparent. We, we, we are afraid. So many times I work with people who are pretty hard on themselves and they are, mm-hmm. uh, feel guilty and responsible for other people and they're always carrying this load of guilt around with them. Yeah. And when we, I challenge them to sort of begin the process of letting go of that guilt, their first response is usually, yeah, but that's selfish. Mm-hmm. I can't do that because that makes me selfish. And I think we fear that so much. And one of the things that has become apparent to me over the years and, and when it can be made apparent to them, it, it sort of changes the texture and um, nuance of how they interact with the world is that once once I become more fully aware, and you just said it, more fully aware of who I really am, then I can tap into true compassion as opposed to just obligatory responses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think that um, we say nearly enough in religious doctrine or teachings how how important essential significant necessary it is to have self-knowledge um, mm-hmm. and to be in tune with um, how we've come to see ourselves as we are now and, and what we what we know or or what we we are afraid of knowing about ourselves it makes all the difference in the world and how we relate to this divine being truly mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I, I, when I was very young probably like three or four, and I was sitting at the dinner table, and I, I, I went, I got back, this came back to me when I was uh, reflecting on, well, how did I come to really believe that in this essence is great love now? Well, I was sitting at the dinner table, and I don't know what I had done, but my, my dad, who was a very strong German um, man, he said to me, oh, is that the kind of girl you're going to turn out to be? And I just mean being crushed because I so wanted to, you know, please my father. And and so that that really was a part of me for a long time in thinking I had to prove my love, that I couldn't just be loved for who I was. And and it was part of that whole thing of being tested, you know, are you that this is the kind of person you're gonna turn out to be? And so when I got in touch with that, that was very freeing for me and I knew I didn't have to live out of that um, that message anymore. You know, I was much, that was my history, yes, and I needed to acknowledge it. So what what you're saying, Andrea, is so true that we, um, we, we if we get in touch with those parts of ourselves and come to know them, it it will really have an influence on how we live our life in relationship with this divine being. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love the way you talked about that uh, when what I read a little while ago, that when we love, when it's real love, it's not obligation, but the way I'm viewing it, at least it's real love, that when we genuinely do that in a sincere hug or the affection of a friend, all those uh, wonderful metaphors that you gave, it, 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 it has such a deep resonance with both ourselves and the other person that it can't be missed as real. Right, right, yes. And, and I think that word that you use, authentic, is so important, you know, when it's authentic, 
and we know when it's authentic or not. Mm-hmm. And, and we if do. you go and it will be made made known to us whether or not it's authentic. But yeah. I, I always go back to what are the motivation? What's the motivation and in, deep inside of me? And that that's pretty clear for me whether or not what what if that's authentic or not. Yeah, and and in so many of the uh, the Sufi, for example, there's so much about the inner world that we that we uh, learn about through their uh, scriptures, and also it, as Jesus spoke, uh, he he just kept referring us back to the inner world. Yeah. You know, he you know just over and over again, what's inside is what counts. It's not what you eat that comes from the external. It's what's inside, you know, what comes from the heart. That kind of stuff over and over and over again. We got that, and and I, I do sometimes think we think we miss that when we make it all about behavior instead of just being. You know, one of my favorite parts of the teachings of, of Jesus are the kingdom of heaven parables, and and really, I, and I, when I look at that word kingdom of heaven, it's about love, about love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to be talking some more about that in just a few minutes. We're talking today with Joyce Rupp about her latest book, Fragments of Your Ancient Name. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. You live for the firsts in your child's life. But how do you cope with the firsts that come after your child is diagnosed with cancer? CureSearch.org connects you to the doctors and scientists whose collaborative research has turned childhood cancer from a nearly incurable disease to one with an overall cure rate of 78%. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with our final segment with Joyce Rupp talking about her latest book, Fragments of Your Ancient Name. And I want you to, uh, if you will, Joyce, take a, just a minute. Uh, and I want to tell the listening audience there was uh, a time or two in here where I've called Joyce Joyce Rudd. I don't know why I've done that, but it is not <laughs> Joyce Rudd. It is Joyce Rupp. So I want to correct that so that you can find her when you go looking for her. And if you will, Joyce, just tell us just a little bit about um, your how, how our listeners can connect with you and your work. Sure. Um, I have a website, um, joycerup.com, and um, anyone that writes to me, I always respond back, and usually doesn't take me too terribly long to do that. Um, I'm also starting a monthly e-newsletter pretty soon, and if people want to be on that, they can just send me their email address through my website, and I'll put them on that. 
can be a once a month thing, but I just I have a, a need to have more contact, I think, with my readers, and I think that'll be a way to do it. Uh, recently, did a couple of YouTube um, little short segments so people can find me there. Um, and my my schedule is on my website, so if anyone's interested in actually coming and being with me for some of the conferences, seminars that I do, they can find all that information on my website, too. Wonderful, wonderful. So, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that kingdom of heaven you were talking about just before the break, uh, because that is a big old boogie bear, isn't it? It's one of those things that just trips us up, especially when it's put against its juxtapo- juxtaposed against its polar opposite hell. Can you talk just a little bit about what is the kingdom of heaven? Yes, and, and actually when, when Jesus uses those parables, the kingdom of heaven, it's, it's not juxtaposed in that way at all. You know, he always isn't saying, you know, that the kingdom of heaven is within you or the kingdom of God is within you. And kingdom is a synonym for the realm or the, you know, the sphere. And so it's the realm of and heaven or God is certainly love. So it's the realm of love is within you. And I just love that. The realm of love is within you. Uh, and then he, and he talks about how, you know, for us to desire to know this realm of love and uses those great images of, of someone who loses a treasure or coin and, you know, finds it or a pearl of great price. And, and, and I, I think to value, to value that inner space we have with the realm of love, the realm of the divine dwells, um, that, that is, that is one, that's really foundational for me in my life. And, I, I just count on that. I, I never doubt it ever anymore, and I don't think of it ever in juxtaposition to, um, you know, the hell factor. I believe it much more is that I have this great drawing to this this wonderful, loving being with all these qualities, all of these fragments, as Rilke says in, at the end of his poem, you know, the, the divine was one with us at some point, and then... There was this scattering into all these fragments, and now we spend our lives trying to bring those fragments together into one, knowing this one, one being. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the realm of love is, is a big one for me. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And it, to think that that realm of love is within us is so potent. It oh, just it gives us so much power to just be in that love and give it whenever we want and know that there's not a – we're not going to – run out of it <laughs> you know we're not going to give so much of it that there'll be an emptiness mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. yeah right I, i'm glad you said that because it it really keeps you know i think earlier you talked about people thinking they were selfish or self-oriented if they were reflecting on self-knowledge and so forth and actually it's just the opposite it's really paying attention to this wonderful loving being within me and i find it helps me a lot in relationships too to remember that I'm not the only one in this world that has this, this wonderful presence. Like every person that I meet has this, this wonderful realm of love within them. It might mm-hmm. be hidden, but it's there. You know, it's there deep down. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we can hide it from ourselves even. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that, that, that whole idea of, of, of making sure that we are authentic, I think that I don't know that we can make sure that's not the way I want to say that because I think that's a journey, but um, that we can, at the more we tap into what's true inside of us, the, the closer we get to something more truly divine and more truly, um, I mean, it's like how can you have a true relationships with, with a divine if you're not sure who you are on the other side of that relationship? Yeah, and when I think about our authentic self or our true self, I think it's the, it's more and more. I think Rumi said that as you go deeper, the mirror gets clearer and cleaner. And mm. so, you know, the authentic or true self is really the one that is reflecting this divine love, this great love, and it gets cleaner and clearer. You know, as we move along in our life, and sometimes it gets smudged up again. We clean off, you know, but we we keep returning more and more to our original goodness that core of oneness that we have always with, with this divine presence. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I firmly believe that. Yeah. I so appreciate you looking at it from that perspective of oneness because, you know, in, in some of our uh, religions, particularly Western religion, um, we tend to think of separateness. And you said mm-hmm. it a little while ago, we see that 
other, that God is an other and, and therefore can handle our projections. And, and you, you mentioned um, the, the thing that your, your father said to you and how you carried that for so long. And I think so much of what we see of God is a projection of our parents. It's like um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whatever's unresolved in us about our parents, that is what is, is our image of the divine. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not, you know, w- women have told, have said that to me. Women who have been ab- abused have said, you know, I, I can't pray to this image of God as a father. I can't pray to this image of God as male. And, and that's part of, I think, the value of having another name is to, like to have the feminine feminine mm-hmm. name or the feminine image or projection there because yes it definitely it definitely affects the way a person relates to, to the divine mm-hmm. yeah and you you talk about that elizabeth johnson uh, uh uh wrote something that you made a paraphrase out of that you said finally you're being not acknowledged not as he who is but who, she who is mm-hmm. another face of divinity to guide us a feminine movement of aliveness a divine ra- relational knowable presence you draw us into sacred community and challenge troubling exclusivity with your invitation of partnership you choose to reveal yourself to us through silent intuitive glimpses and that is so true uh, there's another one in here where you talk about um the divine is the beckoner tapping mm-hmm. at the window of our hearts so uh, you know it's just uh, we are we're constantly being. Um, I think Deepak Chopra calls it uh, synchronicity. That we're constantly being mm. drawn into the synchronistic moments, and those mm-hmm. are divine moments, as I see them. Yes, yes, definitely. And and they're mystical moments. I think people get scared of the word mystical, but mystical really is is it's about relationship. It's about sensing that oneness. That's what it is, and not necessarily feeling it, but intuiting it. Mm-hmm. Or um, having clearer eyes to get a sense of it. Mm-hmm. Just the other day, I saw these wonderful children out in a, a wonderful spring uh, garden, and they were preschool children, and they were so delighted, so elated. And I thought, surely that is the movement of the Holy One there with them. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. just coming forth from those wonderful little beings that haven't yet been, you know, so influenced by our society that they can't just simply enjoy life. Absolutely, and we could take so much from them, couldn't we? Mm-hmm. We sure can. All right, Joyce. Well, I have really enjoyed talking with you today, and I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed hearing from you. Thank you so much for being on the show again. Oh, you're welcome, and thank you, Andrea. You're always just a delight to, to speak with, so appreciate oh, it Thank greatly. you so much. And next week, we're going to be talking to Denise Merrick about the keys to calmness, so don't miss that one. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.